jumping into Led by the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, what we're gonna be doing today, honestly, I'm gonna share a bunch of stories. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be very practical in what it means to be led by the Spirit and the steps we can take and the things that we can do because I, I think we have a great opportunity before us in the season that we find ourselves in and the Lord taking this opportunity to go, man, this, this is what it's like to be led by me. And, uh, you know, it's gonna be a fun ride. I also enjoy, it's, it's, it's fun to be led by the Holy Spirit, amen? It's really fun to lead someone to the Lord, to be honest, to, to share your testimony, to share with others Jesus and see them come to know Jesus. And just as equally fun and exciting is to be led by the Holy Spirit in the things that Jesus has called us to. And so I'm definitely excited. I want to start as we're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. I, I want to start with a, a story where the Lord led Michelle and I through a series of things that brought us to moving uh, to Texas. And, you know, there's, it's not always, you don't always know every single step that the Lord is taking you through, right? Sometimes he gives you a glimpse. Sometimes he gives you the first. And, and as you step out in that and trust him, he gives you more and he shows you. And sometimes it's not until you look back later down the road that you see how much God was involved in a particular circumstance or situation or how much he led you uh, through something. And so this was our case when we were moving from California um, and we were headed to Texas. Um, we were gonna plant a church and really excited about it. It was very clear with us that this was where the Lord was calling us. Our uh, whole family was excited about going and the things, this new adventure that God was taking us on. And uh, so uh, one of the things that came up is Michelle was pregnant with Caitlin uh, I always think it's funny my kids are in the service. Anytime I mention their name, they're like, oh my gosh, dad's talking about me. <laughs> if Matthew was here, he'd turn the sound off, off on me if, uh, if I begin to talk about him. Yeah, so I can talk. Let's talk about Matthew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, Michelle was pregnant with Katie. And so part of the thing that started to enter our mind is, well, we're moving right towards the end of this. Um, what if she has the baby on the road? What if... She's born in a different state than we were planning. Um, you know, it's coming close to that. And there's all these circumstances and situations that arrive to make you start to think. And, but we knew what the Lord was saying about us moving and the timing of us moving. So we just set our, our eyes to focus on that. And, and we asked the Lord, and it was very clear to us that he wanted us to go, even though this situation, our doctor thought we were crazy. The funny thing, good testimony, uh, we'd had several kids born before and so they weren't always wise on the things or they didn't like the things that we did um, in regards to trusting in the Lord. Um, and uh, so we've seen miracles and the doctor had heard about it. So when we were moving, she just shook her head and she goes, you know, I know you guys are gonna do whatever the Lord tells you to do. But can I say one thing? You know, and then she'd, she'd share what she felt. And, and so we just thought, we just feel like Lord's saying, go, we packed up our U-Hauls. And then we moved down to uh, Texas and uh, really excited. We weren't there that long. Um, some of the th things that popped in our mind, like I said, on the way, what if we have her on the way? Um, the cost of it, the insurance that we had was through a particular um, insurance company that had their own hospitals and there were none in Texas. Um, the closest one is where we came from, California. So it'd probably be too hard to drive all the way back to California if Michelle said, hey, my water just broke. And uh, she wouldn't appreciate that. But uh, long story short, so we get to Texas. And it was just within a few days. We were still unpacking and trying to get situated. I 
started to nail in a picture to hang a picture on the wall. And Michelle said, hey, guess what? It's time. Uh, we hadn't visited a hospital. We knew where a couple were. So we went to the hospital and uh, they were a little freaked out because we hadn't done our pre-meeting and met the people there. We just kind of walked in and said, hey, everyone, we're here to have a baby. And uh, you walk in and they kind of know why you're there. And so, um, so they took us in, helped us, everything. And then uh, what was funny is after the baby's born, Katie healthy and everything's wonderful. She's a little premature, but, uh, you know, people come in, doctor comes in, great, you're feeling better. And then you get that knock on the door and it's the finance department of the hospital. It's always a little awkward, you know, and they came in and said, Hey, you know, I know you just had your baby, but there's something we need to talk about. And I said, no problem. Do you have insurance? Yes, we do. It's this, what's that? And I said, well, it's from California. And she was like, Oh, so she writes down all of our information. We give her the cards, you know, we, we get to go home. And it wasn't until about a month later um, because they wanted us to c- commit to making payments and stuff because that hospital didn't take that insurance. And so it wasn't until about a month later when they had actually called our insurance company and gotten back and forth. She called me and she said, hey, something that's really amazing is Caitlin was born on the last day of your coverage for your insurance, so they're going to pay the whole thing. Um, amazing. And so you look back at that and you see more of the Lord's hand in the things that we are doing as we're being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm sure many of us have testimonies. I have a, a lot more testimonies of the way the Lord did this. But if I can, if I can get us to any place today, it would be this, that we have this amazing Holy Spirit that wants to have ongoing daily conversation, relationship with us, and wants to continue to lead us into all the things that God has called us to. And uh, man, what an exciting time for us to do this. And my hope is that each one of us would take a, uh, one step further into that. So let me start reading. Let's read together in Acts chapter one. It's gonna come up on here. But it says, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his sufferings, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around, excuse me, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So one of the things that really jumps up out of this passage to me is why was it so important to wait? Why did Jesus tell him to wait? He didn't say, hey, go start doing these things. Go start sharing testimonies. I need you to wait. And the reason was, is because what we needed or what the disciples needed in this particular time was the Holy Spirit to accomplish what Jesus had for them to accomplish. 
And it's just the same for us. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us so we can accomplish all of the things and encounter the Holy Spirit in many ways to see the kingdom of God advance and to see all the things he wants to do take place. So Jesus told them to wait because this was so important. There's, there's, there's more than this, but there's four areas I just wanna to touch on this morning about why wait for the Holy Spirit. Number one is we need the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. He said, you'll be my witnesses, and he listed all of these places. Well, we get to be witnesses today as well. We've, we've talked about just one, you know, the, the, where we're looking to see each one of us love, encourage, share the gospel with, be kind to one person from now till the end of the year. Well, what an amazing impact that would have on our friends, our neighbors, or whoever the Lord would put as a just one for us to reach out and to love and to care for. And just like the disciples, Jesus said, hey, wait for the Holy Spirit so you can go and, and be my witnesses. We have the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have believed, we have the Holy Spirit and we have this opportunity to be witnesses in the place that you live, in your work, in your neighborhood, at the coffee shop you go to, wherever it may be. But why wait for the Holy Spirit? It's necessary for us to be witnesses. The second thing, we need the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered. There are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift, all these gifts that the Lord gives to us so that we can accomplish the things he wants for us to do. So we need the Holy Spirit so that we'll be empowered, so we can have these gifts to help us do the things he wants to do. Also, we need the Holy Spirit to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things so that we can be an example and people can see life transformation or change that takes place. And that brings us to the fourth one. We need Holy Spirit to be transformed. We need the Holy Spirit to be transformed. I, a changed life or a transformed light is a great and amazing testimony. Part of me coming to faith in Jesus was because I saw the transformation that took place in then my girlfriend's life, Michelle. I saw a massive transformation take place and she said it was because of Jesus. I wanted to know who this Jesus was. Because if he transformed her life like that, then maybe he can transform my life. So we need the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, to be empowered, to walk in the fruit, and then also to be transformed. So I want us to jump to Acts 1. Or no, I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1, verse 19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy for scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And what I want us to do, I wanna grab that statement, carried along by the Holy Spirit. Because to me, that's what being led by the Holy Spirit is. It's being carried along by the Holy Spirit. When I think of being carried along, I can't help of being in a ship that's moving a particular direction. You know, you're set with that ship, this is where we're going. Or by the strength or skill of another person. And in this case, that other person is Holy Spirit. So back 
a ways in my younger days, um, I played semi-pro football. And before you go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Let me explain what semi-pro football is. So I had to pay to play. So there's a whole bunch of guys that had to pay into a, a pot and you had to buy your own uniforms, your own pads, helmet, the whole thing, and then you had to pay to play. And the reason they did that is with the whole team paying, then they could take that money and they could go to you know, NFL Combine or any of those things and find guys who didn't make it to the NFL but still wanna try, and they'd pay them to come play on our team. So we were semi, they were pro, I guess, or something like that. But it, it's not as glorious as you think, right? Um, and they were in need of a player and, you know, it had only been like 10 or 12 years since I had played, you know, it's not too long. And I really wasn't in the same shape anymore. Um, when I went out to try out the, uh, the coach said, Hey, great to meet you. What position do you play? And I said, oh, I, I'm a halfback. And he just kind of looked me up and down. He said, a halfback. And I said, well, I was. <laughs> So he gave me a couple of plays to run as a halfback. I did okay. And then they had me try catching. And he said, hey, he's got good hands. And so the next thing you know, I, I was on the team as a tight end going across the middle. And what I realized right away is there's, they, the team was full of guys that maybe had a blown knee, you know, in college. And so they, they couldn't have made it to the NFL, but they had like this robo knee, you know. And if you got hit by that, that was, that was something else. And some of the guys were like six foot 40. I mean, just huge, and they looked hungry, and they weren't always nice. And so I, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, what, did I, what am I doing, you know? And, uh, but what I realized is with the strength of the team, a lot of my weakness could be hid. The fact that I was a little out of shape, the fact that I didn't know the plays, and he'd go, okay, fly right, B10 on three, ready? And I'd go, oh, what is that? Just block the guy on the end, okay. I'm thinking, why didn't you just say block the guy at the end, you know? So all of this to say, but with this, this strength of the team and skill of the team, I was able to tuck in with them. And for the most part, you couldn't tell. We'd have a play and we'd move three yards and we'd have another play and move five yards. And then we'd get a first down and sometimes I'm blocking and sometimes I was catching. Sometimes I was lead block and a run, but everyone just did their part. But because we had all of these guys that were skilled and pushing the same direction, we were able to move together strongly because we, we tucked in there. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. We get to be carried along by the Holy Spirit and I was carried along in this team mentality to be able to accomplish the things that we, were, that we had. I was also carried along because I got a concussion and my, some of the team had to help me off the field. That's another story for another day. But we have this privilege to tuck into the Holy Spirit and be carried along. So it's an amazing concept because see the Holy Spirit, he's a guide, but he's just not a guide. He goes before us. He leads the way. He removes obstacles. He opens understanding and illuminates our minds. He unveils the reality of every truth within us. He makes things clear. He leads us in the way we should go. He prompts us, reveals us. He shows pictures to us. He speaks to and guides us without turning to the right or to the left. He's the best guide that you will ever have. He's the most amazing teacher that you will always learn from. He's an amazing counselor. He's a giver of wisdom without finding fault. He won't speak on his own. He speaks on what he hears the Father say.
That's the Holy Spirit. Man, we are tucking in to an amazing person. And we get to be carried along as we're led by the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like in a practical sense? What what does it look like for us to be carried along in this way? And so there's four simple, if you remember anything, remember this. There's four things I'm gonna give you today, four points of this is how we can be carried along by the Spirit if we could do these things. And it, you know the thing, it's not, it's not like when, when I was on the football team, it's not like we had to score a touchdown every single play. Can, can we just move the ball downfield? Can, can we just, okay, we got a first down. Can we get another one? Can we get another one? Can we, you don't figure out how long you've been, you can be going until the end of the game when they look back and they give you all these stats. So for us as being led by the Holy Spirit, can we, can we take another step with him? Can we, can we employ these things that I'm gonna give you today so that we can continue to grow and achieve everything that Jesus wanted us to achieve? Sound good? All right, so number one, ask lots of questions. Ask lots of questions. The Holy Spirit loves to have conversation with us, right? When you meet someone for the first time, you, you start talking about things. Hey, how did you get to know Jesus? You know, what do you do for a living? You do, why? Because we want to get to know the person. Well, get to know the person, the Holy Spirit. Ask lots of questions. There, you can never ask too many questions. Too many. Ask one. As you're walking through the day and you notice something, ask him a question about it. What, what do you want me to do in this situation? What are you trying to show me? Before we moved to Texas, Texas to plant a church, um, I was privileged to lead a, a team of about 70 people to Houston so that we could uh, help with the Katrina efforts that were going on after Hurricane Katrina came through New Orleans. And um, it, it was an amazing opportunity. It was a little big to take care of. So by the time 70 people got flights and we figured out what we were doing and all of those things, by the time we got to Houston, people were already moving from shelters and being placed into temporary housing or into permanent housing uh, in the Houston area. And I gotta say something, the way Houston opened its doors during that time was amazing. Just, just a side note, it was literally amazing. Every church, the church there did an amazing job. They just, they cleared their auditoriums and they put beds and cots so people could have a warm and dry place to sleep. And so what we had the privilege of doing is coming along some of these some of these churches and helping them put the church back together. We took all the cots and beds out and then we started bringing in all the chairs, lots of cleaning, lots of moving things around. And we were there, I think it was for about a week. And this is what we were doing. Then they were watching another hurricane called Hurricane Rita, which was off in the Gulf. And um, it was coming closer, coming closer. And we were like, what should we do? And so we finally came to a place where we think we need to, we need to get out of here. So the next day we were gonna leave, uh, we got everything ready, and then Houston put out a thing saying, you know, we don't wanna have the same thing that happened in Louisiana with people having to be rescued. So everyone in Houston, you need to evacuate. So we were like, well, that's what we're doing. So loaded everything up in our, in our vans, took 70 people to the airport. The problem was when we got there, we found out that pilots, TSA agents, flight crew had heeded the governor's suggestion, so everyone was gone. There were no pilots to fly the planes. There were no TSA agents to get you through. So we're stuck in Houston with another hurricane barreling down. And so you can't help in those situations with circumstances around you, think to yourself, 
what's going on? You know, we came to help. It was a great time and now we're ready to go back and we've got to stay here and this hurricane's coming. And so we, we did the only thing we knew to do, which is drive back to the hotel and hopefully they didn't give our rooms away because we're not gonna be the only people without a flight out of here. So we drove all the way back to the hotel and we got there and I had met the general manager who was there and he was frazzled. There was people all over the lobby. The lights kept going off and then back on and emergency power and all. Of, it was a hectic moment. And I walked up to the side of him and, and I said, Is, did you already clean our rooms? And he just laughed and said, no, your rooms are exactly how they are. So where our basket of keys were, he just handed me the, the basket of keys. And then I looked at him and I said, are you okay? And he said, everyone on my staff left. This is a, a hotel of 420 people that are from Louisiana that came over and are staying in the hotel. And he's got no staff to do anything. It was him, he was a general manager and the manager, which, is, which was his brother-in-law. That's the only people he has there. It was at that very moment that I realized this is why the Holy Spirit brought us here. It was great to help people with cots and chairs. It was great to put churches. But in that moment right there of not sure what's happening, I said, I've got 70 people that'd be willing to help you. And he took his ring of keys off of his belt, unclipped it and handed it to me. And I took it, I said, what do you need? And he started giving me a list of things to do and um, this is what, you, you know, we need to get clean sheets to these rooms. They're here if you could take it up. So we're gonna, be, we're gonna hunker down. It's gonna be a while. What do we wanna do about food and that? Because everything's closing. He goes, well, the freezers, you know, keeps going out because of the power. Do you have any cooks? So I turned around and said, who's got experience cooking? We had two guys who were in the army that cooked and a couple other. I said, you guys are over here. You're my cooks. He goes, so the next thing you know, they're just pushing us around. Hey, go here, go here. And then we asked him, I said, hey, is it okay if in the evening we have a service, we just pray for people, we've got musicians, we can do worship and, and just, he goes, oh my gosh, that would be phenomenal. It would really help the hotel. So they gave us the big ballroom. So we set up, we did worship, we prayed for people and we watched, I would say somewhere around 100 people give their life to Christ. Yeah. What got us to that place was, just asking the Lord questions. So now what do we do? What, what do you have for us to do? We're stuck in Houston. We're, we're not going anywhere, you know? And then letting the Lord answer and show and highlight. And I didn't realize when I met the general manager that that was gonna turn into something. As a matter of fact, when we planted the church in Houston, we had our first service, he was there. He came and visited with us in our first service. Actually gave a testimony um, about what took place and. Uh, from his eyes and stuff, but ask the questions. Sometimes the circumstance around us is to get us to focus on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and go, okay, what changed? What are we doing? How do, how do I respond to this? Ask the questions. We have James 1.5. I love this passage. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So we have a God when you ask, the answer is gonna be given to you regardless of fault finding. So you have an open door to ask the Holy Spirit questions. Hebrews 10, this is the Passion Translation. I love this translation. It says, and now brothers and sisters in God's family, this isn't gonna come up, I apologize. 
In God's family, because of the blood of Jesus, he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm and with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us, listen to this, free and fresh access to him. See, what we have in the Holy Spirit is free and fresh access to him. You can ask him anytime, multiple times in a day. He's never going to go, what, you again? You know, it's not going to happen. He loves the opportunity, wants the relationship with us, wants to continue to talk and grow in relationship. So ask lots of questions. Number two, be sensitive. I told you it's going to be very practical. Be sensitive. And what I mean by be sensitive is as we're being carried along, you know, c- consider what's going on around you. I, I usually call it like a highlight. I find that the Holy Spirit will just highlight something. He just points something out. It could be a person. It could be I'm doing something. You know, we, we go to get gas and we think we're there for gas, but are we really? I go to get a coffee and I stop on my way into work, but am I really there just for the coffee? I choose a restaurant for my wife and I to go to. Am am I really there for just the food? Or did the Lord line it up so that I would be with this waitress? Or did the Lord line it up so I would be with this barista at this coffee? Or did the Lord line it up so that I could be getting gas next to this person that he has something to say to? Be sensitive because I'm telling you, the Lord loves to do things like that. Be interruptible. Be okay with whatever you had set on your day for the Holy Spirit to go, um, do you have a second? And we go, yeah, what's going on? And he gives us some insight or points out someone that we can reach out to or love on, or would you call this person? Would you encourage this person? Allow for the Holy Spirit to do something different than what you've already planned. I've found that any time I gather, sometimes we do this as a staff or we do it in groups of people. We just say, hey, why don't we wait on the Lord for, for a moment and see, see, if, see if the Lord speaks anything. Can I be honest with you? I've never been in a position where we did that and nothing came. I say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? He goes, you caught me by surprise, Tom. I was in the shower. Now I got to come. You know, it's not like that. Every time I've asked, he said something every single time. It, it, whether it's at a birthday party, whether it's, it doesn't matter. Every single time that I've stopped to say, what do you want to do right now, Lord? What, what do you want to speak? What, what do you want to show me? He always responds. Isn't that good news? Because it means anytime we engage with us, he, he's going to speak to us. When I was in Texas with the church I was talking about, we used to get together in, in, in an evening service and talk about the Holy Spirit. And we used to do what we called prophetic circles. It was just everyone in a circle and we're just gonna wait on the Lord and then just share what the Lord said. And at the beginning when we did it, there are times when I'd say, hey, we're gonna do a prophetic circle this night and there'd be like three or four people. But if I didn't tell anybody and we just showed up to do it, the whole group was there and we'd get in a circle. And I remember this one gentleman when, when I would say, hey, let's do a prophetic circle. He'd go, oh. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? He goes, oh, I just, I don't get anything. And he had, always shared something every single time we did it. And it was just new. And you know, how do I understand? I said, look, all you got to do is ask the Lord to give you something when he does share it. So that night I had somebody that no one else knew. I knew him, 
but nobody else knew. And I said, I just want you to ask the Lord for a word for this person. And so we got around to this gentleman and I said, did the Lord speak anything to you? Which I knew he did. And he said, well, maybe. And I said, well, share the maybe. So he begins to unfold this word that causes this guy to buckle and begin to weep. And I remember talking to him after that and he goes, you know, I think my biggest problem is I don't believe, even though it just happened, I don't believe the Lord could use me in that way. And I said, man, he's gonna keep using you and showing you every single time. He loves to use you that way. So let's be sensitive. Let's, let's see the things that the Lord's doing around us. Let's see the people he puts in front of us. Ask the questions, but let's also be sensitive to that. There's a, in the sensitive aspect about being prompted, one of my favorite scriptures is in Acts 16. I always say one of my favorite scriptures. I, never, I don't have an unfavorite scripture. Just thought I'd share that with you. All of them are favorites. So Acts 16, and this is about Paul. So Paul and his companions traveled through the region and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit. Listen on. From preaching the word in the providence of Asia, they came to the border of Mysia. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Stop for a minute. Paul is trying to go somewhere, and the Holy Spirit goes, let's not go there. And then the spirit of Jesus goes, yeah, we're not going there either. Right? So during the night, Paul has a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So after that, Paul, he sees the vision, he got ready to leave at once, concluding that God had called Paul to preach the gospel to them. See, one of the things that's so cool about this, if we don't get it right, or the Holy Spirit, you know, we think, oh, this is, he's gonna continue to guide us, right? He's the best guide you'll ever find. I've been on fishing guides. Anybody go on a fishing guide before? Just me. Okay, a couple of us. You go to the fishing guy, you pay them a bunch of money, and they go, yeah, let's go find the fish. And then all day you're like, they're not here. <laughs> then the next spot, they're not here either. And the next spot, and you're like, wow, well, at least we were out in the ocean. It's not how the Holy Spirit is. And even with Paul, Paul was like, oh, we should do this. And the Holy Spirit's like, nah, come over here. And the spirit of Jesus goes, hey, we should go over there. And then here's a vision of a guy in Macedonia. He goes, maybe we should go to Macedonia. And everyone goes, sounds good. We couldn't go here, couldn't go here. This isn't a dream. Let's go check it out. Why? Because if on the way we're not supposed to, what's gonna happen? The Holy Spirit's gonna go, hey, let's go over here. That's how good of a guide he is. It's, it's like, does that sound... <laughs> It's the back pocket. Sorry. I keep hearing wind. Just, what? So then, <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I love the fact that in what Paul was against, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, nobody ever berated him, said, you don't know what you're doing, gave up on him, just continued to direct him. And the Holy Spirit's the same way with us. He's the best guide you'll ever find. Best guide you'll ever find. So be sensitive. Um, one other passage I want to share for you, with you is out of 1 Corinthians 14, 26. And it says this. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And it goes on to say, 
This may, must be done for the strengthening of the church. But what it reveals is everyone has something to bring. Who's everyone? Raise your hand if you're everyone. Yep, you're everyone. Everyone has something to contribute when we gather. Whether it's on a Sunday morning like this, whether it's a small group at someone's house, whether you're going to lunch with someone afterwards, there's always something that you have to bring. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you want me to share? Be sensitive to what he's saying, right? I'm telling you, he's got stuff for us to share. Number three, the third thing, listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. Sometimes in doing that, we have to disengage our mind because the Holy Spirit, you get a prompt or you get a picture or something you feel like the Lord reveals to you and right away your brain starts to go, well, that didn't, what does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is sharing something with you for you to share with somebody else because what doesn't make sense to you may be of great impact to the person that you're gonna share it with. I remember I had, I had a word for somebody in the church and um, it was about um, like an implosion. So instead of an explosion with everything going out, it was actually like a, it all, I saw it all come back together and reform. And that didn't make sense to me. But from experience, I knew it was the Lord. So I went to the couple and I said, hey, I got this picture. I really don't know what this means, but I'm hoping you do. And this is what it is. And they both begin to cry. And then they told me exactly what it meant. The thing that doesn't make sense to you can be a surge of faith, can be the impact that the person you're sharing with it needs. So we have to, we have to listen to what he says. In Luke 12, it says this, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. See, like I said, as a guide, the Holy Spirit is helping us get to a particular place so that the Lord can do what he wants to do. So he's not gonna get you there and then you go, what do you want me to say? And he goes, uh, nothing, I just, you know. You're standing there and the person's going, yes? And I go, uh, nothing. I might do that if I was God, but I'm not God, right? To be funny. But the Holy Spirit leads you to something for a purpose, right? So if it's to share a prophetic word, it's for their encouragement. It literally doesn't have to make sense to me because it's not for me. I'm just the messenger that gets to take it over. I love the analogy that Craig always gives about someone showing up with a FedEx package, right? They just go, ding dong, dong. Right? That's what happens. Can you imagine you open the door and they go, hey, I'm Tom, I'm with FedEx and have this package for you. And they're like, gee, thanks. And I go, do you know Bob? They're like, yeah. And I go, that's from him. Wonder what Bob sent you. At what point would you be like, give me the package? Do you, do you want me, hey, let me get it started for you. How, how weird would that be, right? Love that analogy. So for us, all I'm doing is taking the package and the Lord goes, hey, would you give it to them? And I go, yeah, here you go. There you go. I've, I've never gotten like the, you know, I've been waiting for something from Amazon for a long time and then I open it and I go, there it is. And I open the door and I go, FedEx man. Woo, look it. Because what would he think? That guy's weird. 
right? So the Holy Spirit sends us with a package. We give it to somebody and we go, hey, here's for you. And the cool thing is because it is the Holy Spirit and we love each other, people do go, oh my gosh, that helps so much. And then both of our faiths are built because the Lord just did something we both didn't see coming and he brought it about. Amen? So listen to what he, what he has for us. And then lastly, number four, is step out in faith. We have to be willing to step out in faith. I've realized that anytime I'm dealing with the supernatural, it always requires faith. Always. I've never been in a position where the Lord says, hey, could you go do this? And I go, yeah, what for? And he goes, well, if you do this, then these people are gonna come along and do this. And then that person's gonna believe this. And then, you know, 30 years down the line, he's still, it doesn't happen to me. He goes, can you just take this piece and share it or give it? Can you just go to this place? Can you, and there's just a specific aspect. I, I was in Oregon not too long ago and I, I had the blessing of preaching at a church of, of a gentleman that, that I'm connected with and the Lord gave me the name of somebody and just a, a quick phrase to it. So when I got up there, the Holy Spirit reminded me and I said, you know what, I, just, I feel like I have a word for someone named Katie. And she came up out of her seat like she knew exactly I was waiting for that. I knew you were gonna have a word for me kind of thing. So I just shared the little piece that the Lord had and she began to weep. As soon as I shared that, then the Lord opened a whole bunch more for me to share. And then a lot of it didn't necessarily make sense to me when she came to me after the service to say, you have no idea. And she shared what was taking place in her life and how the things I shared fit with that. We don't always get that side of it. You gotta know that. Not always people come back to you and go, hey, this is what it, but in that case, blew her mind because the Lord decided to take that moment to speak to her personally, but he wanted to do it in front of everyone so that everybody, because a lot of people knew her situation, would see how much the Lord loved her and in the same light, how much he loved everybody in that room. We don't always get the whole thing in one shot. We might just get a piece, and so it requires faith. And every time I experience faith, I found in the circumstance, someone gives me a word, and I go, wow, that's, that's, this is why it speaks to me. Their faith is built, my faith is built, and when I share the testimony, everyone's faith is built. So step out in faith. Trust that the Lord is guiding you. And yeah, amen? All right, so lastly, let me put all these four up here. So what does it mean to be carried along by the Holy Spirit? Ask lots of questions. Would, would you, in the light of seeing things, maybe in the past if you've looked at something and you've gone, yeah, I don't know what that is, would you just take one step this week and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, are you using that to speak to me? Be, be sensitive, look for the highlights, look for the things that he's pointing out. If you think you're on your way to a coffee shop, ask him, am I just here to grab coffee? You might be but let's be sensitive to what he's doing around us because that's what it means to be led. That's what it means to tuck in to the Holy Spirit so that we'd be carried along by him. Maybe it's listening to what he says and, and having that faith to step out and go, you know, there's, there's so many words I've given to people and I go, look, I don't know if this means anything to you or I don't know, I, I just feel like the Lord's, I, this does, you know, maybe this is a word from the Lord. I'm very careful because I don't, I don't wanna come across like, oh, I've got this all down. No, sometimes I don't, I don't know. He just gives me a piece. 
So I go gently and just say, can I share this with you? Does that make sense? And if it does to them, home run in my book, right? But if it doesn't, it's not a big deal. I go back to the Lord and did, I said, you know, didn't seem to fit. And I don't know the rest of what's gonna happen. I don't know if that, that's the first of four different people that are gonna walk up to that person and give them the same word. We have no idea. Listen to what he says, step out into faith. Amen? So I wanna close by challenging you today. Would you consider just one of these? Would you consider just one for you to step out a little farther? Would you consider, if it's asking questions, ask one more question. If it's being sensitive, would you take just a, another moment to think and ask the Lord to reveal? If it's listening to what he says, just take one more step and be bold in that moment. And stepping out in faith, he's given you something, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. I honestly believe in us walking in that way, being led by the Spirit, we can see our families, we can see our neighborhoods, we can see our places of business and our city totally transformed because we're tucking into this Holy Spirit that knows everything and loves to guide us and has this relationship with us. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have, this free gift that you have given to us to be connected with Holy Spirit, that he would guide us and, and speak to us and, and show us and, and partner with us to see life transformation in other people's lives. And so this week, even today, Father, I pray that we just take one step further, one step into one of these areas to help us grow in being led by you. And Father, as you come through, I pray that that would just increase the excitement that is within us that we can do this more and more for days, for weeks, and be led by you in everything that we do. Use us this week, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.